Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now this weekend it has been a very miserable wet weekend. In fact the whole week has been very miserable and wet. That has not given me much time for much gardening. So instead, I've been thinking about my crop rotation plans for 2023. And that's what I'm going to be discussing a little bit later on. First of all, let's find out what I've been up to down on the allotment. Well, I'm down on the allotment in Grandad's Greenhouse today. And it is Saturday, the 5th of November, 2022. I'm in Grandad's Greenhouse because it is absolutely tipping it down with rain outside. But to be fair, (laughs) this is better than what the weather we have had this week. We've had Storm Claudio run through this part of the world and uh, cause a bit of damage. Not as bad as the storm we had earlier this year, but there was a bit of damage. And that's why I had to come down to the allotment today to assess the damage. Now, the first bit of damage that I have to report is my new greenhouse. New to me, that is. I erected this a few weeks ago, but I didn't put the glass into place, thankfully. Because when I came down here, the frame of this greenhouse has been lifted and moved. And it is a bit of a twisted mess. Now, I'll make it sound more dramatic than what it is. It looks like it's salvageable. It's not damaged in any way. Unfortunately, I just need a second person to help me lift it back into place where we can then screw it down and put the glass panels into place. And I can't do that today for obvious reasons. I think I'm going to get my brother down next Saturday to help me with that. Then I moved on to Grandad's greenhouse, my original greenhouse. And this greenhouse is older than me. This is the one I'm stood in at the moment. So I'm always amazed that it survives a storm. I I don't know what it is, but it just survives a storm. A couple of the glass panels had blown out of place and I found those lying on the ground. There was a couple of panels that I found that were cracked. I've replaced one of them. The other one I will replace at some point as well. But I quickly put all the missing panels back into place, made this greenhouse waterproof again, and uh, it's good to go. Now, other than these two greenhouses, there's no actual other damage that I can see on the allotment. The sheds are still in a fine position. The field beans are standing proud. The Brussels sprouts and the purple sprouting broccoli are still standing proud. They were a bit sheltered because they're in the deep field beds, so they've done okay. So, overall, I think Storm Claudia gave it our its best, but we came out quite triumphant other than the greenhouse, which ain't going to be a problem. So after doing the assessment and repairing any damage, I did want to do a bit of work outside. I actually stopped off at our hardware store on the way down this morning to buy some wood to build two more beds. And I wanted to do that this week because of the fact that the ground is now getting quite wet. It's going to be harder and harder to move wood down onto the allotment. But stupidly, I forgot to bring my saw down. So I'm going to take the wood home and cut it at home when I get home. And then I can bring it back down next weekend or something. Maybe even tomorrow and build the two beds that I want to get built. 
After that, I did a bit of weeding and a bit of strimming. I brought some strimmer line for my strimmer this week and I'll put that into place and I've just run around the grass areas, strimmed it down just to make it look a little bit better. Bit difficult to do when it is wet, obviously, because it does have a tendency to mulch up and stick. But it had to be done. It looks all the better for it. And uh, yeah, I may be wet for it, but it got it done. Now, another area I then went to was just behind Grandad's Greenhouse, where I did grow some raspberries. That area has become a bit difficult to maintain with weeds. So over this winter period, I'm looking to clear out all the weeds from this area. But this one particular area, I did sow some green manures a few weeks ago, which haven't done anything. But some of the weeds have started to grow back and they're big, broad-leafed weeds, such as dock. So what I've had to do is I've got loads of cardboard in the shed. I've just moved some of the cardboard, placed it over this bed and then weighed it down with some of our concrete blocks that we have here on the allotment. Now this is just going to suppress any of the weeds over winter, which I'm very happy to do. It's also biodegradable, so it helps me in that regard as well. And I do find that this does work really, really well at suppressing weeds. We've just got to keep up with it and carry on doing it all over the allotment. As I said, I've got plenty of cardboard in the shed just waiting to be used. So if I keep placing cardboard down, I should end up with clearing all the weeds by spring next year. May sound a little bit lazy, I know, but it works. Now, because it is so wet today, I'm going to run home and go into my potting shed where I'm going to be planning my crop rotation for this coming growing season. So please do come and meet me in the potting shed. Each year, I do try and practice crop rotation. Now, crop rotation is the idea that we move certain groups of crops into a different area that way the pests and diseases don't build up in the area that they have been growing it sounds very simple but in practice it can be very tricky to master this idea does come from farmers where of course they may have an entire field dedicated to certain crops and therefore it's easy for them to move from one field to another in order to practice crop rotation on small-scale gardening, it can be a little tricky because, after all, there's not a huge amount of space. And, and the space between areas isn't that great that it's not so difficult for pests and diseases to move. But I still practice it because I just find that it does help and does improve soil structure and other things as well. So it's well worth doing. It also helps me with getting my crops in in order to grow all year round. Now, the first key point I find with this is just keeping a note of what you have growing where. And I find that systems come into place for this. And by systems, I mean that I know that my alliums will follow where my brassicas were. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, of course, this only really affects our annual beds. Our perennial beds or our perennial plants aren't going to suffer as much. And if a perennial plant does die, the idea is that we don't plant the same perennial plant in that same place to avoid the very problem that we're talking about. But our annual beds is where crop rotation, I feel, really comes into its own. And it's taken me a while to work out just how to get my allotment done right with crop rotation. Originally, when I built the first half of my plot. I started off with six beds and I would just simply move my garlic from one bed to another each year, for example. 
But now I've built six more beds on the top half of the plot. What I've decided to do, and it's taken me a while to really work out this plan, is that I divide the 12 beds into groups of three. And that gives me four different groups. I'll start with the three beds that I had potatoes growing in this year. I had one bed for first early potatoes, a second bed for second early potatoes, and a third bed for main crop potatoes. Well, as the first earlies and the second earlies have came out, I've been able to use those beds to plant out some brassicas, be it cabbages or Brussels sprouts or, um, I don't know, cauliflower, for example. So by using the uh, empty beds, I've been able to grow more and more crops. And that is what the potato beds are going to be for this growing season, our brassica beds. Now next to the potato beds we had our original brassica beds and they've still got our brussels sprouts and our purple sprouting broccoli growing in them for our winter harvests. But that's fine because the other two beds have been planted up with our garlic and our onions. These are our overwintering varieties. When the brussels sprouts and the purple sprouting broccoli comes out we can then plant our spring onions into that bed. So you get the idea as, as the beds become empty they allow us to plant more crops in order to keep growing all year round. Now as we move down onto our next three beds which are on the bottom half of the plot, these beds were where we had our garlic and our onions growing in throughout 2022. These beds are now empty and they are going to be becoming our bean beds. Now in fact I've actually sown some overwintering peas and our overwintering broad beans in a couple of these beds. I've also sown in the third bed some of our green manures are facilia to start to get some green manure use into that bed ready for growing next year. Again, this is a great thing about crop rotation. As the beds become empty, we can then start to sow other things that follow it up. Then the final three beds, these three beds were of course for beans this year. So they got plenty of nitrogen in the ground, which is going to help feed the following plants. And the following plants that go into those three beds are potatoes. Potatoes are very, very, very hungry plants. So to get nitrogen in the soil for those is really going to help. And this is a great thing about any of the legumes, the, the beans or the peas, is that they do add nitrogen in the, into the soil to help crops later on. So that's another good reason for rotating our crops. Now you might be wondering where we might be potting things like tomatoes or carrots and so on and so on. Now that will be coming up in the second half because a lot of these will be grown at home. But there's also certain varieties of crops that can go anywhere. Tomatoes being some of them, squash plants are also another one. And that's because the pestilent diseases don't really affect those so much here in the UK. So they can almost go in any beds. But I also have some smaller beds around the edges, which are what I call my spare beds. And those beds are going to be used for things that are a bit free or, or excess. So I might have planted out all the tomatoes that I had space for. I can pot a few more in these extra areas squash plants as well and so on and so on it's a very very simple system but by sticking to the four groups potatoes brassicas alliums and beans it works very nicely for me now i will be talking about my home plot a little bit later on but first of all of course we've been doing some gardening at home and you want to hear about that 
Today is Sunday the 5th of November 2022 and you actually find me in my kitchen which is probably why it sounds very echoey. Don't worry there is no cooking section going on today. The reason I'm in my kitchen is that today has been an incredibly wet, dark, miserable day and I did run outside to try and do a few bits outside in between the bad weather. First thing that I managed to do was actually harvest all our butternut squashes. We ended up with nine butternut squashes plus the one we've already harvested. Ten butternut squashes from one plant I'm very very happy with. Very happy with. All of a decent size. They've just gone into the greenhouse to harden up and be great for storage for the time being. So very very happy with all those butternut squashes. The plant had basically died back over the last week, so it was certainly time that I felt it was ready to clear out. Now this means that, of course, I can now start thinking about building a new bed in this area. But that's not the only project that I have in line. My front garden, I ran out to my front garden and I've measured up the size of our front garden. Now our front garden is primarily used for the parking of our vehicles. We have three vehicles in this household and uh, obviously access to the front door as well as somewhere to store our bins. But this year I have of course been growing food in this very same area as well. And it's been great. And I've mentioned last week, I think it was, that it's been a great way to use it. It just needed some proper planning. So I ran out there to measure things up and just work out or get a plan together of what we're going to be doing. That's going to be coming up in the future with all my plans for that. But I've just got it measured up today so that it's ready to go. But then the main bulk of my work today has been inside this kitchen and in the windowsill garden. Now I've been growing a lot more on our kitchen windowsill this year. It has actually been a really great way to get more and more herbs and vegetables growing. We had tomato plants and chilli plants on this windowsill. But now we're coming into these winter months, those tomato and chilli plants aren't really going to grow. And I didn't want to waste this space. So I started, just I gave it a good wash down and a clear up. And I have then been adding a few more herb plants. I thinned out my coriander in the veggie pod and brought in a couple of the pots of coriander to live inside this kitchen. But I've also sown some cress seeds. This is just on a piece of kitchen roll scattered over the top and we'll let those germinate and grow. I've also sown some dill seeds in a pot just on this windowsill again. Let get those growing and uh, see what happens. But the main thing that I really wanted to sow and something I'm really looking forward to growing again is our microgreens and this is a variety called amaranth. Now I'm a big lover of microgreens. I feel they are such a great thing to grow. It can be grown anywhere in the smallest of spaces and give us a chance to really get food growing throughout these winter months. So I've sown some amaranth in a microgreen growing tray that I brought from a show this year. But you don't have to use that if you don't want to. You could just use any plastic tray that perhaps you bought something from a shop and it's come in a plastic tray. Give it a good wash, put some kitchen roll down and scatter some seeds. I've used amaranth, but there's a whole wide range of variety of microgreens that we could 
be sowing. We could be sowing coriander as a microgreen, parsley as a microgreen, quite a number of herbs, radish, um, cabbages, a huge amount of things that we can grow. And all we do is let them grow till the seed leaves start to show and then we cut them down and eat them. As easy as that. And in the next couple of weeks, these will be producing, which is what I'm really looking forward to doing. Uh, now, they don't produce a huge amount of food, I'll be honest with you. They do not produce a huge amount of food. But for me, they're just a nice way to add a bit of flavour and a bit of fresh vegetables to our, our meals throughout the winter months. So one example, I could make a, a, an egg sandwich and add some cress just to add a bit of pizzazz and make it all the more exciting. So that has really been what I've mainly focused on today here in this kitchen is this microgreen, this kitchen windowsill growing, which really is going to come into its own over the next few months. Now, I want you to meet me in the potting shed in just a minute when I'm going to be talking about my crop rotation plans for here at the home plot. Now crop rotation at home has been quite tricky to work out and when I first took on this garden I had a very different setup. I basically dedicated one entire area which is quite small at the time to growing vegetables but as the garden has evolved it's expanded and I've changed things up. I've gone back to growing in beds in the home garden now, I've got to admit, I prefer growing in beds. I just find it's easier for me to keep organised, as well as little things like just keeping my shoes a little bit cleaner. An entire area just being bare soil made my shoes a little bit dirtier, which upset the wife. So I feel by having beds, it just helps tidy up and keep everybody happy. And that's why I've gone back to beds over the last couple of years. But as I said, my garden has got bigger and it has evolved. And by evolving, it's actually figured out a way to make our crop rotation here at home a little bit easier to work out. Before I had beds and it was just a bare earth across an area, I just made the point of trying to make sure I never planted the same plant in the same place. That was pretty easy to do as long as you remembered what went where. But like I say, it's not far for pests and diseases to travel. So what I have now come up with is a system that works here at home. Now, first of all, any crops that have been growing in pots, it's very simple to sort these out. We just replace the compost and give the pots a good clean. This is quite relevant in the patio or the balcony garden areas. And what I tend to do, the old compost, I actually now throw that in with the chickens and they will then just dig over that compost. If they can find any pests that they can eat, they will. And then after a couple of weeks, I go into the chicken run and dig out any of the compost to go into our compost bins for a bit of period, just to help build up our compost supplies but also get rid of those pests and diseases compost is expensive after all so when we pot our crops back into pots we need some new compost to go in and homemade compost is the ideal choice if we have enough of it making enough of compost can be quite tricky of course now in the main veg patch area we have three beds i've spoken about those quite a bit over this last year 
but we're also going to be building a fourth bed in this area as well this is hoping to be built in december january time i would have liked to get two more beds done as well to give us six beds in total unfortunately i don't think the price of wood is going to allow it now that doesn't mean the the idea is completely scrapped just means that we have to rethink what we're going to do but we'll stick with the four bed system for now four groups of plants that we're going to be growing here at home we got our silencia which are tomatoes our potatoes and pepper and aubergines etc etc the legumes the beans and the peas they're going to be in that bed the brassicas cabbages cauliflower and then the roots our carrots our onions etc etc and that's our four groups so each bed is going to be dedicated to one single group first of all the new bed now this bed is going where the butternut squash has grown this year didn't plant this originally it was a chicken area so i think it's a seed left over from the chickens but that new bed is going to be our legume bed i'm going to start off with that it's quite a compacted ground around there so i'm hoping the legumes is just going to help break down that soil make it a little bit easier in coming years now by legumes this is going to mainly be peas and french beans we may add more as we go on throughout the year now next to this bed we have our christmas dinner bed where we've been growing our christmas dinner for this year that's included carrots and pretty much everything you can imagine on a christmas dinner plate next year that bed is going to be used for growing our brassicas so cabbages and cauliflower and so on I'm not doing a Christmas dinner bed anymore. I'm basically growing it in all the other beds in order to make it a little bit fairer and grow better crops. I found that things like brassicas that need lime in the soil was very difficult to get right when dedicating one entire bed to a Christmas dinner. Instead, by spreading it out, it should hopefully work a little bit better. Now, just down from that, we have the bed that has been growing mustard this year. This mustard self-sown, effectively. I grew a couple of plants last year and it just seeded itself in the same area. It acted really great at just covering everything over. But what I'm going to be using this bed for next year is roots. So I've already cleared an area and where I've planted out some shallots. We might put some onions and some garlic in as well. But I'm mainly looking at doing things like parsnips and carrots in this bed because I really want to grow lots of carrots and parsnips this year. They are two crops that I've struggled with in recent years just because I've not been organised enough to really get it sorted. And down on the allotment, it's so weedy that they struggle to grow. So roots are definitely going in there. Beetroot will probably also go in that bed as well. Then we've got the bed that I grew tomatoes and cucumbers and courgettes in this year as well. This is the fourth and final bed and that's very much going to be the same sort of thing in that bed. The reason being is that it's the only way I could work it out that I could rotate it and have it making sense and this is going to be going on in following years. Now because I've got some quite wide paths in between we're going to be growing a few more plants in crops, maybe even some little thinner beds going in those path areas as well as the original plants have changed. And these beds might be used for more courgettes or tomatoes and things like that. Things, as I said earlier, they don't need a specific bed because they don't really get much in the way of pests and diseases. Now, I did mention that there was hope to get two more beds built 
over this coming period. And if I do get those beds built or come up with something, they are going to be very much for whatever I feel can go into them. Maybe for using for growing our supporters club seeds and dedicating two beds throughout this growing year. Although, to be honest, the amount of seeds I send out probably would fill those beds up in no time. So uh, I probably would fill those beds up in no time. So maybe a little bit too much to grow in two beds. But as I say, the option is there and we've got plenty of other things that we can do. Right, well, that is my crop rotation plans for 2023. Love to know what your crop rotation plans are or how you do your own crop rotation. Do you have a system like me? Well, we're going to finish off with Monday's diary update. It is Monday, the 7th of November, 2022. And today, unfortunately, we find ourselves in another lockdown. Yes, our chickens are in lockdown due to bird flu. This seems to be coming around every year at the moment. And although it's not too difficult to handle, it's just a case of putting tarpaulin over the top of our chicken coop to make sure some of the wild birds don't interact with our chickens and also making sure that they're not allowed to free range anymore. Last year, the flock down seemed to go on and on for a very, very long time. And I know a lot of the chicken sellers out there, is that the right word for it, chicken farmers? They really struggled and I think they're still feeling the effects of last year. And, and the fact that it's happening again is going to be devastating to them, I fear. But it is the situation that we find ourselves in. I'm not happy about it. But all I've had to do is put a tarpaulin over the chickens just to make sure that they are then safe. And what we also have to do is make sure that our shoes are clean when we go into the coop, etc, etc. Basically just making sure that the possibility of transmitting diseases doesn't happen. It's annoying, but it is a necessity, I'm afraid. Now added to that, something I have noticed in our balcony garden area. As I said, we had a storm come through last week and I thought at home... We got away with it, but I noticed the balcony garden suffered the most damage. Obviously, I had a lot of plants on the shelves uh, at the back of this balcony garden. Well, quite a few of those have got blown off. I didn't notice it before because it's been dark when I've seen these things. But I have noticed that my bonsai apple tree has got blown off and the pot has smashed. The tree itself is fine. I've just got to try and rescue it somehow and put it into something a little bit safer. But also my herbs in pots have been blown off, as well as a pot of radicchio. Now, I think I've lost the radicchio. Not a huge problem. I've got more, but it's just annoying that that has happened. But again, this is part of why we have created these gardens to see what we can do to make things differently. Perhaps I need to make the shelves with a bit of a, a, a lip on it so nothing can get blown off. That might be something we think about in the future. Well, that is it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. If you've enjoyed it, then please do consider leaving a review on your podcast service. I cannot stress how much that really helps us get found and build the podcast. If you would like to support this podcast, then please consider becoming a supporting member. I charge £5 a month to be a supporting member, and you can find details of that at the vegrowerpodcast.co.uk. But what we do for the supporting members, you get extra behind the scenes podcasts, which gives you a chance to hear more about what's going on here at the Veg Grower podcast in Littlehampton. But also each month I send out a collection of seeds directly to your door 
each and every month that can be sown that very month. I like to think that we are growing enough food from the supporters club to help feed a lot of people and this is how I've designed it. And it's that, if you want to get in touch, my email is richard at vegwhereapodcast.co.uk and you can also find me on social media, just search for the Veg Grower Podcast. We will be back again next time, so until then, please take care. Take care.